0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Minnesota Twins 10, the Cleveland Indians nothing. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And there was nothing enjoyable about last night's game. What a miserable, awful, terrible, disgusting, pathetic Just absolutely brutal, brutal baseball game yesterday if you're a Cleveland Indians fan. And, I mean, it seemed like a normal baseball game against the Twins for, like, the first two innings. And then the third inning, uh, the fourth inning, everything just goes to hell. Everything just falls apart. That might be one of the worst innings of baseball I have ever seen in my life. And uh, I can't believe I was actually thinking about going to the game yesterday. I had a Friday night free. They had some tickets available. I was like, I don't want to pay $40 for upper deck tickets. Like, come on. Uh, and I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm, I'm not going to go. And uh, sure enough, it would, have been, it would have been awful to be there. Now, the people they were showing in between innings seemed like they were having a pretty good time, and that was all due to the concession stands. Uh, let's just say the, uh, the beer was flowing probably last night, and the people that were having a good time had absolutely nothing to do with baseball. Uh, you couldn't. You, what was there to enjoy last night? What could you possibly have enjoyed last night? Yu Chang's pinch hit double? That's it. I mean that's it. Okay, one thing to enjoy last night was the debut of Jean Carlos Mejia. Uh, two and a third inning, one hit, five strikeouts, no walks, no runs, thirty nine pitches. Mejia looked sharp and looked like an MLB pitcher. He looked like the real deal. Uh, yeah, he was. We'll get into the pitch breakdown and stuff like that. What he was throwing, but Mejia looked like the real deal. And I would not be surprised in five days from now if it's Mejia's name that gets penciled in as the starter, and not Tristan McKenzie. McKenzie has some things he has to work out. He has to. This is not the Tristan McKenzie we've seen. This is not the Tristan McKenzie that uh, has come up through our system. The attitude's still there, like the the aggressiveness, and it looks like mentally he's there. But for some reason, something mechanical, he just falls apart after a few innings. We've seen this before where he starts out strong. He was strong for the first two innings. It was a really tight first two innings. And then just implodes. Three and a third inning pitched, two hits, only gave up two hits, six runs on five walks and four strikeouts, including a solo home run allowed on 72 pitches including a double play that should have got him out of it, but Ahmed Rosario short-armed the throw and throws it at McKenzie's feet, and it skips by for two more runs that score on the error. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, does that double play change anything? If he gets out of that inning, it would have been like 4 nothing at that point. Does it change anything, or does he continue to come out in the fifth and continue to walk people and continue to absolutely have a brutal, brutal start? Uh I, I don't think it does. I, I think at that point his his control had left him and uh nothing was going to get it back. And poor Phil maiden trying to come up and come in and mop up duty. He had done okay uh in his last few appearances and this one just this was quicksand, man. This is quicksand. This is what they talk about in sports, quicksand, you know, you struggle, the more you struggle, the more it goes wrong, and the worse the inning gets. Um, absolutely what happened to Mayton when he got out there and uh, the twins, he's trying to throw strikes now uh, because he walked in a run and he's trying to throw strikes and the twins hitters are just unloading doubles off the wall against him. So yeah, not a pretty game to be at. All right. What can we take away from this thing? Well, let's talk a little bit about Tristan McKenzie here because I'm telling you, this is not Tristan McKenzie. So looking over at fan graphs, um, looking at some of the averages and the metrics over there, there are huge outliers this season. Now, not strikeouts. The strikeouts are actually in line, actually a little bit high for his career averages. Uh, This year in the majors, obviously in the majors, he's at 12.64 Ks per nine innings. Last year in his debut season, he was at 11.34. So his, his strikeouts have gone up almost a strikeout per nine innings. Uh, in A, he was only at 8.64. In a high A, 11.71. In uh, mid A, I'm guessing that's Lake County, he was at 12.97. So he's done this before. He's been around 11, 12 most of his career. And uh, so, yeah, so that's good to see that his strikeouts are up. But his walk rate, his walk rate had never been above three walks per nine innings. The highest it ever was was in low A ball in 2016. It was at 2.92. When he was at high A ball, it was at 2.83. When he was in double A, it was at 2.78. When he made his debut in 2020, his walk rate was 2.43 walks per nine innings. That is a very, very acceptable number for a starting pitcher. This season, he's up to 8.62 walks per nine inning. Over eight. I don't even know if these include the numbers from last night. Could he be pushing nine now at this point? The other thing that's way up is his home runs per nine inning. Now, when he was in the minor leagues, he never gave up even close to one home run per nine inning. He was always in the decimals. He was always under one for his home runs per nine inning. When he got to the majors, as you would expect, better hitters, his home runs per nine jumped to 1.62. You could probably live with that. This season, it's up to 2.3 home runs per nine inning. That number is creeping up. So that is bad to see. Batting average balls in play is perfectly fine. He's at 242 this season. He was at 217 last season. In the minors, he was always in the mid-200s. This is concerning as well. Ground ball percentage. Tristan McKenzie's ground ball percentage has plummeted this season. He's always averaged around 40% ground ball percentage. This year he is down to 17.4% ground ball percentage. So something is clearly wrong there. He is walking too many guys, giving up home runs, and not getting ground balls. That's a big deal for a pitcher. you got to be able to get ground balls. It's one of the easiest ways to make outs is to get ground balls, as we will see when we look back at the Indians' box score here. So... Uh, Yeah, there are some very, very concerning numbers for Tristan McKenzie here. And uh, things he's really got to work out. Does he have to go back to AAA to work those things out? I th- at this point, I'd be fine with it. I want to see Mejia go. Uh, Henches is going to get another shot on Sunday. Was that last start against Anaheim, uh, you know, an outlier? Oh, I'm sorry. They're not Anaheim Angels anymore. They're the LA Angels. Was that just an outlier? Can he find it again against the Minnesota Swins on Sunday? We will see. But yeah, between Henches and Quantrill and now Mejia, I know Scott Moss might have gotten hurt again in his last AAA start. Uh, I think it's okay if McKenzie goes down and works on some things in AAA. It's, It's not the end of the world. He's very young. He's 23 years old. Very young. McKenzie will be a starter in this rotation for a long time. But he has got to figure out these walks. He just loses all command. Going back over to uh, going over to baseball savant and looking at the illustrator for what McKenzie was throwing. And uh, that curveball is all over the place. The fastball, he was trying to throw it high and on the right side of the plate. He definitely had a plan with the fastball. Let's go to the results tab because I want to see where all these walks are. Um, all these walks for Tristan McKenzie high, high and inside with it off the plate to the to the left from the catcher's view, and probably with this fastball. Yeah, uh missed with a curveball, missed with a fastball, misses with a fastball high. Oh, a slider high, a slider high at the head. Jeez. Another fastball he misses high. He misses down and away with a curveball. So yeah, uh, he is all over the place missing with these walks. A slider that high. And it's not just the fastball. It's the breaking pitches too. Uh, not even close. Uh, the home run he did give up was a high fastball that uh, Rex Snyder got on top of and was able to drive. And he only gives up two hits on the day. It's, it's bizarre. Yeah, so he was really, really missing. Meanwhile, Jean Carlos Mejia, he was working down in the zone. And he got himself five strikeouts on the day. And uh, he was getting guys to chase his curveball. He's got a a curveball in the dirt for a strikeout. He's got a fastball in the dirt for a strikeout. He's got another two-seamer that he paints the bottom corner. He gets a swinging strike on that one. A a two-seam fastball... uh, on the left edge of the plate, off the plate, that he gets for a strikeout. And then a four-seam fastball, that, or no, sorry, a two-seam fastball that he throws way off on the right side of the plate that he got Kirillov to swing through for a swinging strike. So they were being aggressive for him. I believe every strikeout here, uh, was every strikeout a swinging strike? It won't even sh- Baseball savant, don't you love it when a website has just dumb things that could easily be solved? If you look at the pitches at the bottom of the zone, the details about them are cut off by the bottom of the chart. Maybe might want to take a look at that, baseball savant. Uh, so yeah, so at least the three that I could see the detail on were all swinging strike strikeouts for Mejia. Uh, all right, let's get yeah. Let's talk about Mejia. Let's talk about the good pitching last night. Uh, he threw a two seam fastball a lot. Twenty three times he went to his two seam fastball, and it was working for him. A thirty nine percent CSW on that fastball. He throws it. Around 93 miles per hour. He maxed out at 95, but he was averaging 93 on that. His four-seam fastball, he was averaging 95, so a tick faster. Threw the slider six times, the four-seam fastball, the changeup three times, and the curve once. 100% CSW on that curveball, by the way. Swing and a miss on that one. I think that was the strikeout. Um, So, yeah, so a two-seam fastball seems to be his go-to pitch, and that's nice. He's got four other pitches he could throw off it. So that's pretty impressive. Uh what was the break on uh will it show us the break on his how do they not have that information? They don't have any information about the spin in the break on his uh pitches. Well that's interesting. The spin they've got um but not the break. I wanted to see how much that two seam fastball moved. Well, that's a shame. Maybe in his next start they'll have the data there. Uh, so yeah, so that's your pitch mix from Mejia, and everything was working for him. His his overall CSW in his two and a third innings was 41%. That's really, really good. That's probably a uh, an example of not knowing a guy, having absolutely no idea what he's going to throw, preparing for McKenzie, and this guy just comes into the game. So I'm guessing there will be a better scouting report against him if he's actually starting the game. But you know what? not even going to mess around. Mejia gets MVP for the day. He's the only one, the absolute only one, that we can give MVP for the day to. Nobody else had a good performance yesterday. So Giancarlo's Mejia in your debut. He strikes out his first hitter he ever faces in the major leagues. He's been in the Indian system for a long time, signed as a teenager. And uh, there you go. You're here. You have made it, Mejia. And hopefully... You stick around for a while because you look like a pretty good pitcher. All right, let's get into the other storyline. The only other storyline is the Indians did have a ton of hard-hit balls, an absolute ton. In fact, the Indians had 17 hard-hit balls off the Minnesota Twins, 17 with 95-plus mile-per-hour exit velocity. You'd think they would be lighting up the box score with 17 hard-hit balls, only one barrel. Only one barrel out of that whole thing, and I'm guessing it's Yu Cheng's double. Most of them are ground balls. Most of them were absolutely ground balls, and in fact, I jumped over to Fangraphs because I wanted to see something if they had details in the box score. You know what? Fangraphs has a pretty good box score. Uh, there's a lot of good info in here. The uh, in fact, the Indians' bat bip, their batting average on balls in play was only 200. That's not good. Not good. For example, the Twins' bat bip was 381 against Indians pitching. So, uh that's not good. So it means they were putting the ball in play, they just weren't having any results to show from it. And uh their uh their amount of ground balls, this is crazy. Going over to the batted balls here. Uh the Cleveland Indians had seven line drives. Not bad. One fly ball. The entire game, one fly ball, 17 ground balls, 17 ground balls from the Cleveland Indians. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. 68% ground ball rate for the Indians, a 4% fly ball rate. That is absolutely crazy. And they were hard hit, 48% hard hit balls yesterday. And just nothing to show for it, just pounding the ball into the ground. That is crazy. Seventeen ground balls. So yeah. So it turns out FanGraphs Box Score has some uh, has some pretty good info. So we're gonna be checking this out uh, more often here and seeing what details you know emerge from looking at it a different way, looking at it the way FanGraphs looks at it. Right. Uh, Statcast loves its exit velocity and its pitch velocity. It loves its win probability, and it's illustrators, right, it's locations. Fangraphs loves it's batted ball percentages. It loves it's BAPIPS and ISO power, isolated power numbers, and weighted runs created and all these things. Uh, None of those things look good for the Indians last night. So yeah, so we're going to jump over to Fangraphs more often and see some of these, some of these advanced stats that Fangraphs likes to use. All right. That's all my thoughts. Just a truly, truly brutal night to be a uh, to be an Indians fan. I mean, I had the game on the computer. To be honest with you, I was watching Star Wars. I was watching. They actually have some really cool special features on uh, Disney Plus. They have some of the stuff that I'm sure were on the Blu-rays, and some absolutely uh, amazing behind the scenes stuff when it comes to the editing of the movies, uh, the prequels. And the things they were doing with pre-visualization and sound effects and stuff like that. So, hey, if you read my Twitter profile, you know I put, you know, diehard Cleveland sports fan and also Star Wars junkie. So, I love me some Star Wars conversations. So, that's what I did with my night last night. I I, uh, I watched something entertaining and kept the Indians game on in the background because there was nothing entertaining about this Indians game. Alright, we got Shane Bieber starting on the mound for us today, so that's the good news. The White Sox also lost. That's the other good news. They lost a really bizarre game, 2-1 to one to the Yankees. You'd think those two offenses would just light it up, but they were striking out like crazy. So yeah, so it's a 4 o'clock game today. We got Shane Bieber on the mound against Kenta Maida for the Twins. Obviously struggling this season, not the dominant starter he was last season. And then Sunday, we got J-Hap going against Plesak on Sunday. I thought that was Henches. Now they pushed Henches back to Monday. Okay, so Plesak is going to go on Sunday. So there you go, some afternoon baseball for you. And, uh, yeah, we're going to dive into it. I'm thinking Sunday morning. I'll have a little more time. We might talk a little bit on Sunday morning uh, about how everything is going, right? We've reached the 40-game mark. That's usually the point where you check in and see – where these numbers are, where the trends are going, what kind of season you're having. So I think we might do a little bit of a longer episode on Sunday and talk about some of those things besides talking about the game. So thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Cleveland, it was bad. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.